Hi, my name's Sam Adams and thank you for listening to my podcast. It starts with you. This podcast is about mindset. It's about personal development and ultimately that we are 100% responsible for pretty much everything in our lives. And nothing happens until we decide, we choose and we make a decision and pull the trigger to get things started. Look, when I listen to that and I think about that, it starts with you. It can seem a bit harsh, especially in hard times when it can be quite daunting and overwhelming to think that we are 100% responsible. But it's a good thing. It empowers us and it puts us in control. And part of the idea of this podcast is to help you with that. In this podcast, I'll interview some great human beings, business owners from all walks of life who will share their stories and their journeys and what It All Starts With You means to them. Hello, Jo. Hello. (laughs) The lovely Jo Howard. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on this episode of It Starts With You podcast, my podcast, Sam Adams. Um, I really appreciate you being here. I'm really excited to be here. Good. <laughs> I've got my coffee. Good. We'll have a little chat and yeah. and hopefully um, some pearls of wisdom will come out of it. I'm sure they will because you're sitting there and I know you're full of it all. <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, yeah. I just want to say for, for the record again, I said it on the Zoom session on Sunday, but... Um, I think this lady is amazing. Uh, the work that she does and the messages that she delivers. If you don't follow Jo Howarth on Facebook, please go and follow her and her Happiness Club because I just think I just think you're awesome. So I've followed your work for a couple of years, and yeah, I just think you're amazing. And I know from the Zoom session we had on Sunday, so many people loved loved your little session that you did. So thank you for doing that. Good. I'm so glad it went down well. That's good. I'm glad people got something from it. Yeah, no, absolutely. They absolutely did. So who is Joe Howarth? Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> I would, yeah. Um, oh. I, am, um, I am a mindfulness practitioner. I'm an advanced hypnotherapist. And I run a company called The Happiness Club, which we do a lot of different work. So I do work with people one-to-one and we run workshops for businesses on resilience, stress, anxiety, mm. mindfulness um workshops that are at the moment being transport transformed into webinars obviously <laughs> um we run a schools program so we work with kids from four to 18 and the teachers that teach them teaching really simple practical tools and techniques to help them be happier more relaxed understand their emotions more and, and that they're in control of them or have the ability to be in control of them yeah and we run the club obviously which is an online membership club Mm. whereby the members receive a message every single day from me or one of the members of the team with uh, something in it, a strategy, a tool, a technique, or something to use that day. We use storytelling a lot, mm. so it will be something that I've experienced that's given me some kind of learning. I'll share that story with them. Yeah. It's not, it's not something that happened to me 10 years ago. It might be, but it might be something that happened to me last week. And I right. go, oh yeah, I didn't handle that very well. I should have done this. And I'll, and I'll turn it into a story for the club so that they can learn from um, the experience of all the different 
members of the team yeah that's how we learn we learn from each other don't we so exactly and the and things we experience in the life and the lessons that we learn through that that, that that's i think that's gold to me <laughs> yeah so it's about it's about sharing that sharing that learning and mm. helping other people change the way they think I, i'm very big on changing the way people think about themselves primarily mm. because um i don't think we're taught to think about ourselves very nicely yeah um, on the whole with mostly um when we're diddy which is why we run a schools program because mostly when we're diddy we're told no mm. don't do that and you're doing it wrong and um no you can't and you're rubbish and you're not very good and put other people first and don't be selfish and blah 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 and all these incredibly some of them very well intentioned lessons yeah incredibly negative lessons that make us grow up feeling like we're not good enough we're not worthy we don't deserve stuff mm. and um everyone else is more important than us yeah backwards for me absolutely and i guess that was that your experience growing up yeah largely um i'm i was gonna say i'm older than you but i'm not <laughs> You know how old I am now, don't you? I do know how old you are, and I am absolutely flabbergasted. By how old <laughs> um, because you look amazing. Thank you. It's obviously the the, the pixelated picture on the on the laptop. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, so uh, yes, that was largely my experience. I grew up in the seventies and eighties, and um, it was even more so then than it is now. Children were very much seen and you know seen and not heard and yeah um grown-ups didn't really think about the impact that their behavior or um sayings would their have language, on the guess, children yeah. around them yeah absolutely yeah. we were just you know we were kids so we wouldn't understand so it couldn't possibly be affecting us so it was fine yeah um, and not fine really no and uh, mm. you know and when you're that age when you're you know five six seven eight whatever your whole world is about you. You are completely egocentric. <laughs> um, everything that happens has to have some relation to you. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's impossible for it not to because your concept of the world isn't enormous. It is mm -hmm. yourself. So, you know, my parents split up when I was five years old. And at five, that was absolutely my fault. It was my doing. It was, mm -hmm. you know, Nobody ever told me that. Nobody no. ever outright said to me, "You're so naughty." We've decided to split up, but that's that was my interpretation of so you took it on board, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's the kind of thing that happens. And then, because we're not told how to manage our emotions, and we're not told how to um, be in charge of our own thinking mm. uh, and our own patterns of thinking and our own patterns of behaviour, we just kind of walk through life on this autopilot of things we've learned and picked up and interpreted completely wrongly um we just walk through the whole of our life with that with those beliefs inside yeah. us just that's just how life is but it doesn't have to be at all and what so is that kind of what kind of led you into doing the mindfulness stuff and the hypnotherapy and the happiness club which came first and what kind of was the process that kind of led you into all of that Okay, so the hypnotherapy came first, mm. um, as in I experienced hypnotherapy for myself. Oh, you personally had it, yeah. yeah because um, I got to the age of 25 
and my biological dad, the, the turning point for me, and you'll find quite often in the field that we work in, I'm sure you'll mm. agree, that people very often have some trauma that is yeah. a bigger point for them. And mine was my dad dropping dead at the age of 50, bless him, wow. um, of a heart attack. Uh, I was 25 and it was the it was the biggest conscious trauma that I had experienced yeah. personally. Um, it turned my entire world upside down and inside out and back to front. Yeah, I can imagine. Every which way. Um, you know, he, he was my biological dad, so I didn't live with him. He left the home when I was five, but we, you know, every other weekend and summer holidays and all of that. Yeah. It was a part of my life. And losing a parent is enormous. It's yeah. just an enormous thing to happen to you at any age. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the age of 25, when I was still trying to find my way in the world, and I, I, I already had all these negative beliefs about myself and the way that the world worked and the way I fitted into the world. So that was what drove me then to seek out counselling. Mm. Because I just... I mean, I, up until that point, I just thought things like therapy and counselling was just a load of bunkum. <laughs> <laughs> like, absolute codswallop. Yeah. Obviously, why do you need that? If you can't sort yourself out, then... Oh, well, you had that attitude. <laughs> that was totally my attitude, too. Right, okay. Um, and I had... Uh, I was very lucky because I, I lived with a very good friend who was having counselling, who had had a similar upbringing to me. Right and was having counselling for it. So she was starting to open my eyes to it anyway. And then my dad died and I was lost. I was just completely gone. And so she suggested that I start seeing her counsellor mm. who was also a hypnotherapist who just was a revelation to me. It was just, I just had never experienced that way of thinking, that way of seeing the world. Or yeah. I had never even considered the fact that that was an option for me to be able to see things in a positive light or yeah. that I could feel good about myself, that I was allowed to feel good about myself. And that's okay, yeah. 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 So that's, that's where it started for me, was actually having hypnotherapy. Mm. Um, and then... Uh, I did that thing that a lot of people do with therapy where I got to a point where I felt okay. <laughs> so I stopped. I mean, there's probably a lot more that I could have sat and sorted out, but I, I felt all right enough. Yeah. So, so I stopped. And, um, and then I had children. <laughs> and this is sort of almost 10 years later. And a whole host of stuff from my own childhood came up. Right. Never had to encounter before because I'd never had children. Mm. But I was turning into the adults from my childhood. Right. And I didn't want to. No. Um. So I went back for more hypnotherapy, and then that's the time I discovered mindfulness as well. So mm. then it was the combination of mindfulness and hypnotherapy that got me through the sort of year or two I really struggled with having especially with having two children mm. one's hard enough but <laughs> I take my hat off to anyone that has more than two children I've got twins I couldn't have when I originally when I used to think about having kids I wanted four and then yeah, me too I got to two and went okay that'll do thanks very yeah. much 
<laughs> two's enough, funny enough. And when they both come at once, you're like, oh, yeah, no, two's enough. I do remember actually when I was pregnant with my first, saying to my husband, wouldn't it be great if it was twins and we could just get in one go? And then when she arrived, I was like, thank God it wasn't twins. <laughs> you just get on with it though, don't you? Because you have to, so. You totally, but after I had my second daughter, I did go a little bit doolally, shall we say. I didn't have- Did you have like postnatal depression or? No, no, it wasn't postnatal depression, but it was just utter overwhelm, completely. Right and utter overwhelm I didn't cope very well at all mm. um, and like I say all this stuff was coming up these behaviors that I'd witnessed as a child that um that I'd obviously not enjoyed as a child yeah but that were my you know my learning my learned behavior of how you treat children and it was coming out in me and I was like oh no 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 this is this is not at all who I want to be mm -hmm. or how I want to be a parent um and so, yeah, so I went back for therapy and found so my... Like you recognised it within yourself. It wasn't kind of like somebody kind of pointing it out to you. You yourself sort of, sort of took this on board, but I don't know how I'm feeling, how I'm behaving, and you just took it upon yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I, I, because again, I think I was so lucky to have had that therapy earlier. My yeah. sense of self-awareness was heightened, and I could... It was kind of like seeing kind of like watching myself from the outside right like three people you know like there was the child and me and then the me watching going what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah it was it was i mean it was really the the the, the incident that that triggered the whole thing for me was i was trying to put my youngest daughter down for a for an afternoon nap she must have been about 18 months old which and my eldest child was about three and a half my eldest daughter mm. and she is the world's biggest chatterbox still is she's 12 now and she genuinely you wind her up she just talks yeah. <laughs> does not stop and so i was trying to put gracie my youngest down for a nap and francesca was just chattering away to me and so I asked her to be quiet and she obviously didn't. I asked her to just leave the room just while I put Gracie down and she didn't. She kept coming back to me and talking to me because she wanted my attention. She's three yeah. and a half. I started to get annoyed. So I shouted at her to leave the room and she didn't. She carried on. What's the matter, mummy? Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it just escalated and escalated to actually where I started screaming at her, literally yeah. screaming at her, screaming yeah. in her face and looked down at this little three and a half year old who just by this point was crying mm. and just was like what on god's earth am i doing this is my most precious thing in the entire world um and i oh i'm getting upset um and i stopped and i phoned my hypnotherapist immediately yeah and, um, went straight back to therapy so it's it's Again, it's that turning point thing. It's that realization, isn't it? That mm. no, hang on a minute, something's not right here. And then having the the kahunas to do something about it, because you know, I take my hat off again to every single client that I've ever worked with, anyone that's ever come to me for help, because it takes balls oh, to to put your hand up and say, do you know what, this isn't right. Something's not right, and I need yeah. some help. Absolutely. Um, so I I very much feel that for my clients and for the members of the club you know it mm -hmm. takes it takes balls to to reach out 
and uh, which is why I love so much that this conversation around mental health, I mean, before the world went crackers with coronavirus, <laughs> but, but, you know, this conversation about mental health that's starting to open up. Yeah. Because it is unbelievably important, but it's also unbelievably hard to reach out when you're in that place. Yeah. I was really lucky because I'd already experienced it and I knew it could help me. Mm. And I had somebody that I already trusted and knew would help me in the way I needed help without judgment, without any question. Mm. I just knew I could phone him. Yeah. Which, you know, not everybody has. If you've never experienced that kind and of thing. And a lot of people have that attitude, like, you know, your first opinion of it was like, you know, I can sort this out myself, I don't need to. I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, I speak to a lot of people like that and I have some friends like that. Speaking as someone who's had a lot of therapy or three, or, I say a lot, three or three or four sessions of therapy um, and other bits of help, you know, I think it's amazing. Who wouldn't want to go and sit in a room and talk about themselves for an hour? That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, totally. but, but I get it. The initial, you know, it is very hard to take that first step and, and, you know, to pick up the phone or, or, or whatever, to go to that first appointment or those first few appointments are always incredibly hard. You know, I remember I had counseling in my early twenties um, and it was so hard, so, so hard. You know, I think it took me months to really appreciate it, I guess. Um, but it is it, having the balls to step up and go, Hey, I need help here. Um, yeah, like you, I take my hat off to anybody that does it, you know, and I always say, you know, and when I, I do a little talk on resilience and stuff like that, and sometimes in my posts, I always say to people, look, you know, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's, it's because you want to remain strong and remember it and remind yourself of that because that will help you take that step forward. So, you know, I totally agree with you. It does take balls. Absolutely. And I mean, because I'd experienced it before, I knew that if I didn't do anything about it, what I what that that experience of shouting at my daughter, screaming at lesser mm. cottons, mm. I knew that, that would only get worse. Yes. Yeah. So I knew that even though, you know, I'm not saying therapy is the easiest thing to go through, you know, it's that I read something this morning that said, you know, um growth, sorting yourself out isn't for wieners. It isn't, you know, it's like <laughs> it takes it 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 can be painful and it's hard. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. But I knew when I weighed up, the, you know, in that microsecond, yeah, that, that the alternative would be worse. And I think once you've had one lot of it, you you have that, then you have that knowledge and you know, because going into the first lot, you don't necessarily know what, what that's going to do and what that's going to bring up. For me, that brought up a lot of childhood stuff as, you know, I was abused as a child. So that's why I went into therapy amongst other things. And there was triggers like, you, you know, you talk about there's always triggers um so you don't know that you're gonna have we don't have to go over that but we did and it was two years my first lot so it was quite a long time um yeah so you don't necessarily know but you you know once you've done the first lot I think you know like I had some last year um because I was in a very dark place um my marriage broke down and it was just you know and I knew that if I didn't then the alternative was way worse you know um and so once but that's only after having the first lot and knowing, yeah, this helps, this is benefit. I know there'll be some, it will be tough and there'll be some hard stuff you have to work through and talk through. And that's why it takes kahunas because you know it's going to be tough. Yeah. And you've got to work through this, the shit basically 
the treacle, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing is that, and I mean, this is what I talk a lot about. I talk a lot about uh, choice and yeah. you know, it is a choice. Yeah. You can absolutely, you know, loads of people, when I do a post or whatever, I get messages and comments from people saying, well, what if I don't want to? What if I don't want to do that work? And I said, that's absolutely your choice. You don't mm. have to. Mm but you're choosing to live the way you're living. So if that is less scary and less painful for you, then absolutely stay there. You know, mm. that's utterly your choice. Uh, I think um, a lot of therapists and people in the personal development world get a lot of, um, God, the only word that's coming to mind is backtaps, and that's not quite right, but they get a lot of comments from people saying, why should you tell me how to live my life? Yeah. It isn't that at all. It's not that we're sat here going, this is how you must live. Yeah. But we're saying there is a better way to yeah. if you make the choice to do it, but you have to do some work to get there. Yeah. So you can't just go, ding, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Work involved, you know, but, but that's where the choice factor comes in. Yeah. And I think therapy and, you know, that kind of stuff it is work. It's, you know, although I, I made a joke about it and who wouldn't want to go and talk about themselves for an hour, but it is work and it's exhausting and it's emotionally draining. Um, it takes effort. It takes effort to get there. It takes effort to go through the process. But what's on the other side is way better than probably what you're experiencing right now and maybe what you're dealing with. Um, but it is work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's, you know growth comes out of pain growth comes out of difficult situations mm -hmm. you know i mean part of me i know we're in a difficult situation at the moment the whole world is in a difficult situation at mm -hmm. the moment but there's a part of me that is actually whilst i'm finding it as unsettling as the next person mm -hmm. actually there's part of me that is really excited to see what comes out of yeah. No, something's going to come out of this because it, it always does. Growth always comes out of something difficult and challenging. Yeah. You can't not. Yeah. Because because the difficult, challenging situation makes us ask for mm. how we want things to be. We don't want it to be like this. I want it to be like this. Right? How can I make it like this? Yeah. And that's how growth happens. Absolutely. And the whole world's doing that collectively now. You know, we're all asking these questions, or you know, about how we can change, how the world can change, how we as human beings can change. And that's what. And I'm like you. I went for a really long run this morning, and I was thinking along those lines. And I was thinking that, you know, for some people, this is the worst possible experience they think they can ever go through. But actually, it's a good experience. And, you know, I want to write about that because you, the thing with this is, yes, it's terrible and it, it's horrible. That, you know, I'm not trying to belittle, the, the, you know, the situation. Thousands of people are dying. That's awful. And that is awful. But the thing is, this is terrible and it is tragic. But the thing is, we're all going through it together. Whereas that, it doesn't normally happen like that. This, you, know, you, you know, when I think of, you know, my abuse and the other reasons I went into counselling, that all that just felt like I was the only person in the world and whilst I wasn't I wasn't with a group of people that were all experiencing at the same time I had to go through that alone almost and it felt I felt very alone whereas this doesn't scare me I'm not scared by this at all I haven't panicked about it you know yes finances have gone off a cliff like everyone else but I feel very calm about it and I think that's partly because we're all experiencing it together and we're all asking these questions together 
and trying to get through to through it together you know from struggle comes strength um and but we're doing this together yeah also absolutely and i think it's um i think it's waking a lot of people up i did a post on my social media this morning along the lines of um you know we're living in uncertainty right now yeah uh, and that's unsettling and it can make people worried and concerned and anxious mm. but actually we always live in uncertainty mm. we've just covered it up with routines and systems yeah. and learned behavior that masks the fact that we're living in uncertainty yeah. every single moment of every single day Absolutely. and actually we've got through every single moment of every single day in uncertainty yeah which means we do the same this time we absolutely will the majority of us will come out the other side of this with some kind of i could you know if you pay attention you will actually be able to learn a ton of stuff Absolutely. from this time if you pay attention yeah keep your eyes open and your ears yeah. open and you pay attention to what you're thinking and how you're feeling and how everyone around you is thinking and feeling and like you say the mass consciousness of how can we do things differently yeah you know how can we improve where we are so that you know i'm already hearing conversations from people about the rush rush hurry hurry of the world we used to live in and that's being stripped away now mm. because we've got no other choice yeah but actually that might be a better way to live might be yeah absolutely i um i'm going to look for that post uh, and uh, and have a read of it i'm sure it's really good because the thing is you know we do live with uncertainty but we live with expectation all the time and our expectation is this will happen that will happen you know and of course now that's all literally blown out of the water um and yeah it's just this mass you know we all experience this mass uncertainty together uh, of a huge epic scale it, it's you know, it's quite incredible but when i went to for a run this morning and i ran down to i live about two kilometers from the beach so i always gravitate to the beach i love i love the water i love the sea so i ran down there and it was so still down there this morning i stopped and just filmed a little bit and then i just stood there for a minute just looking at it and it was just like a mill pond it was and i just thought that's how the world is the world is pausing the world is really still right now and I, it made me think about you know normally there's so much traffic there's, everyone's moving somewhere going somewhere different you know even me but the amount of aircraft that's not in the skies the amount of people that are not moving from one country to another or driving from here and, and it just made me think that the, the, the world is just pausing right now that's really it gorgeous about putting it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think we need to. Mm. I think we need to. And I think, again, I did a, a, a post on social media yesterday about this being an opportunity, you know, especially. Oh, I saw that. Was it a live? I think I saw. I, yeah, I did I a live on opportunity. And I also did a post yesterday about because obviously I'm in business and a lot of people I know run their own business or are in business. Mm. And, but even if you're an employed person, Actually, for me, this is a massive opportunity for you I to totally agree. and evaluate and reassess. Is this the work I want to do? Yeah. Let's make me look at my business and go, right, which bits of this mm. do I actually love doing? What do I want to spend my time when the world goes back to normal? Whatever that looks New like. normal, as I call it. <laughs> yeah. What do I want to actually be doing? Which bits of this make my heart sing? Which yeah. satisfy me? Which fulfill me? Yeah. which fill me with joy 
and which make my me go every time I think about doing them why am I doing those you know why would I spend my time doing those things I think it's a huge opportunity for people to assess and evaluate every not just their business every area of their lives yeah I I totally agree I love that you know the opportunity right from the beginning when um, this will happen my mentor said to me this is an opportunity look for the opportunities uh, and then I saw your post the other day about it as well. Uh, and that was good because, you know, once he'd said that, I was sort of like, okay, there's opportunity here because there's opportunity, you know, there's always upside to downsides if you choose to look um, and I choose to look. And so, yeah, that really resonated with me uh, and when he said it as well. And that, it, it, But it's whether you choose to look for it. Um, that's that's the thing and most people won't. And And I think I stole this from you, didn't I? You did the little quote about the old be careful before you go rushing back to the old normal is it you that put that post out no i don't think so oh okay maybe somebody put a post out and i saw it and i thought it was just really good and it was it was about how we all just want to go we just want to go back to normal we just want life to be normal but before you go rushing back to your old normal think about and use this time to think about and use this time really wisely because we really can and think about what you actually want to take from your old normal into what is going to be the new normal. And it's, it's like you say, it's such an opportunity for people to just, yeah, think about their life and the people that they spend their time with and the work that they do. You know, so many people that I know, and statistically, the statistics are really high, that you know, the amount of people that get up at six, commute for an hour to be at work for 10 hours to commute an hour home to eat and to go to bed and go and do it again and hate that they live their life like that but don't do anything about it it's incredible and this is you know such an opportunity to go right I have no choice but to pause now so let me think about my life let me evaluate my life and also, I was having this conversation earlier today with someone, you know, also actually, like you say, those people that spend their lives going, oh, I hate my job. Yeah. Mm. But actually now can't go to their job, can't do that commute. Actually, is that making them appreciate that? Yeah. Making them go, actually, do you know what? My job wasn't that bad. Yeah. I quite like seeing Sandra every day and having a chat with Bob. smelly bo bob in the office and you know it's funny because i put a post on my instagram about people struggling i had loads of um comments and messages and one of the one of the people that messaged me saying they were struggle struggling was the fact that she missed her shitty job yeah she's like she's missing the routine the normality of it so maybe she will have a newfound appreciation for it that's it that's exactly it isn't it is to make you go actually do you know what those things that i normally complain about they're not that bad and yeah. actually maybe i should appreciate those because yeah. i'd like them back right now yeah exactly again opportunity doesn't mean you have to change anything it just no. means it's giving you the chance to go yeah no that's not that bad i'm really lucky that i had that and i quite like that back yeah or you could be going Thank God I don't have that job anymore. Yeah, yeah. Go for potentially three months or however long we're going to be in this. And it's your time to think about starting that business, creating that product or that, you know, course or whatever it is that you want to do. It's that opportunity. But it's a case of not using it as a staycation. You have to be willing and to use this time wisely because it can can be done. Um, And to, yeah, to do a little bit of self-reflection and evaluation. I'm not saying just sit in a corner and, you know, 
because I'm not terribly woo-woo, but, you know, but it is a time to try new things, read new things, you know, try to try and upskill or new, learn a new skill and understand yourself a little bit because, you know, for me, happiness, you know, and this is what I believe and I, you know, I think you agree, happiness comes within, from within. It's not easy to find it from within. It really, really isn't. I'll tell you one thing, 100% it's not out there. And this opportunity that we're all having is an opportunity to understand to whether you like yourself, whether you are happy within, because you don't have all of those outside things that we normally use to boost our mood and our happiness, apart from food, because we're fortunate that we have obviously fully stocked supermarkets again and wonderful food in the shops. But we don't have all of those other outside stimuli and we don't have our friends to be around all the time. So it's an opportunity for us to think and to find out if we like being on our own or we like our family as much as we do, or whether we truly like who we are as a human being. I hope that a lot of people use it as that kind of opportunity because I don't think they'll maybe never get another chance like this. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there is, um, again, I've been having quite a few conversations online about, um, you know, people talking about keeping themselves busy and making sure they're keeping busy and, um, you know, and because they can't face the way they feel if they're not busy. And yeah. actually, I said to every single one of them, uh, uh, you know, obviously it's a coping mechanism and that's fine and if that's what you want to do. But what I would really love you to do is to stop yeah. and is to actually let yourself sit with the feelings that come when you aren't busy. Yeah. Because you can go through those then you can like you say start to understand yourself a little bit more and what makes you tick and what makes yeah. you work as a person and how you feel about things yeah and allow yourself to feel those things don't keep yourself busy so you can't feel them yeah allow yourself to feel them allow yourself to go through them so that you can come out the other side of those things so that you don't have to then keep busy in order to distract yourself from feeling whatever you're feeling mm. yeah yeah no it absolutely does i think you touched on that on sunday actually in the zoom session about feeling those emotions and you know i mean we grew up in an environment where we we didn't hug and kiss and my parents didn't say they loved us or anything like that and uh, you know my parents didn't cry or anything. even when my mum's my grandmother died so my mum's mother died i didn't see my mum cry or anything like that they don't show emotion my dad still doesn't um, I've done a bit of work with my mum, so that's that's better. But so for me, I didn't don't see crying, or I didn't. I'm better now. I just thought, well, you don't cry. Mm. You know, you don't experience those emotions. You just you know get on with it, and you know that's because that's what I grew up with. You just get on with it. Um, but it's probably only in the last year. I've never cried so much in the last year than I probably have the entire rest of my 52 years. <laughs> um, but I've allowed myself to cry. And, and my best friend always says, um, there's, there's never any wasted tears. Um, and, and, you know, and I say to people, you have to, you have to go through these things. You can't go around it. Cause you, if you go try and go around it and jump over it, it'll come and bite you on the ass on the other side. You have to work through it. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, I always reference the book. Um, we're going on a bear hunt. Do you know that one? The kids What's it called? We're going on a bear hunt. Oh, no, I don't know. By um, Michael Rosen, and it's just perfect. It's a kid's book, mm. and it's a story about a group of kids going on the bear hunt, obviously. And yeah. they set off across the fields, and they come across like a, a river of mud. And the book says, right, uh-oh, a river of mud. Okay, 
we can't go over it we can't go under it we can't go round it we have to go through it yeah and it's they come up against the forest and um several a storm and loads of different things and every time it says we can't go over it we can't go under it we can't go around it we have to go through it yeah and for me that's absolutely it's a book about emotions absolutely 100 percent. yeah um because that's what we have to do you know you can spend your life doing that yeah and pretending they're not there and ignoring them and pretending you can't see them yeah. but they will just try and get your attention even more they will just like you say bite you on the bum yeah so the absolutely you know the only sure way of dealing with it is to go through them mm. go through them and come out the other side and you'll never experience them the same way again exactly you know you know but it's so hard that going through isn't it i think that's you know like last year i was just like i don't want to be going through this i don't want to be feeling this but then i, I knew i had to get to that position of allowing it and accepting it that i needed to i needed to feel the pain and i think there was a lot of pain and a lot of tears that weren't associated to you know my marriage breaking down i think there was a lot of other stuff um which is why i sort of went decided to have some um talking therapy um to talk through some of the other sort of guilt and things like that um but just i want to talk a little bit more <laughs> we've had such a good talk it's been amazing but i do want to touch on a couple of things because you have got talking about books you've got a couple of books i've got about 20 million books yet. No, I've got, you've um, written. so again books that you've written books that i've written i've written four books so far. oh i thought it was two my researcher was is sacked <laughs> uh, oh no actually maybe it's me and i'm not reading it which book came first? So the first book was um, a book called Get Happy, which is basically a compilation of the things that I write for the members of the club every day. So right. it, it's 180 days, it's six months worth of um, daily posts from the club. So mm. again, it's a book you can read cover to cover, or you can pick it up and read a page a day. Yeah. which I think in this time we're living in actually might be most useful. Or you can just flick it open and see where you land yeah. that day. So um, it's lovely. I love my second like book was, you are. I love books like that. I've got one at the moment because I bought a load of books for the lockdown because I knew it was coming. So I just bought loads of books about happiness and all the things that I like um, around, you know, uh, mindset. And one of them is one of the literally one of those books. You just pick it up and you flip to any page and you'll get a nice little quote or a little saying or a little passage. I love books like that. But sorry, yeah, carry on. Second book. So the second book is um, a mindfulness book for children, um, which is called Glad to be Down. Um, ah. And it's gorgeous. I co-wrote it with a children's author mm. um, that I met networking. And my amazing husband did the illustrations. Oh. So it was a real, it's a really lovely collaboration. Yeah. Um, and it's just a story about a little boy called Dan who doesn't feel very happy. Sometimes mm. he feels a bit angry. Doesn't really know why. Doesn't really know have to know why. But every day his mum teaches him a different mindfulness technique to help mm -hmm. him, by the end of the book, be glad to be Dan. Um, That's great. It's gorgeous, and I absolutely love it. We have we have a very large wish to turn it into a an animated series. So that's something that we've been kind of putting on the back burner and working on a bit and putting on the back yeah. burner and working on a bit for the last couple of years because I think Dan needs to be um, displayed to the world. Bless yeah, him. sounds like it. Sounds like a great book. 
it is it's really cute and i still i mean we released it nearly four years ago and i still get messages on a regular basis from mums saying oh my god i got one actually on world book day from a mum that lives down the road from me saying that they, their school had asked the kids to pick their favorite book and take it into school with them yeah um, instead of dressing up and her daughter had chosen glad to be tan yeah. that's amazing yeah i can imagine how that that's made so it yeah it's awesome um, and then a couple of years ago, I co-authored a book called It's Okay. The subtitle is We're Not Shitting You, It Really Is. <laughs> See, I would, that resonates with me because I'm <laughs> sort of shit out and stuff like that. Um, and I co-authored it with a wonderful woman called Ali Gill, who is the queen of journaling, basically. Right. Okay. And she introduced me to journaling. Yeah. Um, and so it's a mix of mindset exercises stories the kind of stuff i write for the club and journaling exercises mm. it's got 12 chapters in it and each one is a different thing that it's okay to be so it's okay not to be okay mm. it's okay to be successful it's okay um to say no it's there's different chapters yeah. um and you work your way through it's sort of like a workbook really you work mm. your way through the exercises okay. um, feeling with each we sat down and brainstormed 12 things that we personally had found difficult at various points in our lives i think the yeah. biggest one for me was saying no okay so what people struggle with that one so it's a good yeah. <laughs> struggling to say no and then just before christmas last year we released again ali and i released um again it's a journal really but it's called my perfect glads um so you'll know that one of the exercises I teach people to do is the glad exercise at the end of the yeah. day to sit down and write all the things they're glad about from that day. So mm. it's really a journal around doing that every day. So just a prompt for you to sit down and write in your book all the things that you were glad about from that day. Yeah. And put little examples and stuff through it. So yeah. So yeah, it's really lovely actually to be uh, involved in so many different projects. So obviously, the one thing we have, we've been talking for about forty-five minutes, I think. But the, what I wanted to talk about, obviously, is about the Happiness Club, because that's how I first discovered you. Um, how long's that been going? And is that about four years, or is that long, a lot longer than that? So yes, it's actually uh, the fifth birthday today. Oh, congrats! April Fool's Day. <laughs> Fool's Day. I know. I quite like that it's my our birthday on April Fool's Day. Okay. Yeah, we, we opened the doors to the Happiness Club on the 1st of April, 2015. Wow, congratulations. So we are five years old today. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's evolved, obviously, everything mm. does. It's evolved massively from what I set it up to be. But mm. the core of it is still the same. I, and then it really came from, so we've talked about the therapy thing. Yeah. Obviously, I had the experience of, being a client of therapists mm. and then when I was needing to find uh, a new career because children and the career that I had which was event management don't mix at all um, <laughs> so I needed to find something else to train in and the hypnotherapy and mindful thing mindfulness thing was just an obvious route for me because it had helped me so much yeah and then um, then when I started seeing one-to-one -one clients then I was experiencing this from the other side and I realized that what was missing, what was missing for me when I was a client 
yeah was that i would get this time every week like you say to talk about myself and it was heaven mm. but then i'd have to wait a whole week before someone else before someone would speak to me about that kind of thing or i would get the opportunity to ask someone about this stuff that i didn't feel i could talk to anybody else about mm. um, and a week's a long time when you don't feel good yeah um, and then i was a therapist and i was seeing people who felt the same way as i used to feel and i couldn't shake the feeling that i wasn't doing enough for them because i couldn't see them mm. you know for an hour every day no. I didn't have any time or anything they couldn't afford that and that's really where the idea for the club came it was really my answer to that conundrum to for me and that's why it's daily because for me this stuff is daily if you're living with a mental health issue you're living with it every single minute of every single day it doesn't mm. go away it doesn't wait till 12 o'clock on wednesday when your therapist appointment is mm. it's happening all the time um and so for me it's my way of saying to the members every single day okay mm. everything's all right i've got you i'm right here if you need me but in the meantime think about this or have a go at that mm. try this mm. And it's just something little every single day that just makes them feel like I've got my arms around them. Yeah, I love that. And it's okay. That's how I see the club. Yeah. Uh, and that's why the club was born, because I wanted to find a way to be there every day. Yeah. That was, you know, workable for me. <laughs> yeah. Affordable for people. Absolutely. Yeah, no, because it is you, when you need help, you need it, you need help now. You know, when you're in that dark place and, you, you know, you're really struggling, you can't, uh, you know, I've been in a position before where, you know, instead of having a weekly session, I've had sort of to have to wait two weeks uh, uh, and then something happens or you hit a low point and then you're like, you know, but you need to speak to somebody now and you need that support now and you can't, you can't get it. And that, that's, and when you're struggling and you're in a really dark place, that's really hard you know you've got nowhere to go and nowhere to channel it and no or you feel like you've got no one to talk to um and like we said before when you're in that place it's really hard to reach out and again the club doesn't make you reach out if you don't want to it reaches out to you every single day yeah you don't have to do you know what i mean if you if you're in that place where you can't you don't feel like you can reach out it's mm. fine because we're reaching out to you yeah it's you know yeah we've got you kind of thing yeah yeah, I love that. I love that. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, it sounds amazing. I know it is amazing. And, I, you know, I've read some of the quotes. I've been on the website loads of times because, you know, like I said, I've experienced your world a little bit over the few years. And I love all your messages. That so kind of really resonates with me, with me. So that's, you know, why I wanted to have you on, on the podcast, really. Um, I mean, the podcast for me is, obviously, the title is It Starts With You. And, you know, I called it that because I believe, you know, it, you know it starts with us everything starts with our own happiness our journey through this life we have to take steps we have to take responsibility um you know when when we do that you know by you know relying too much on other people um and expect you know expecting the government to save us and this person to save us and that person to do that you know we disempower ourselves that's what it's about but behind that message is it doesn't mean that we do it alone it just means we have to try and find the strength to just start it you know that's why it has to start with you and that and that's why i called it that um you know from a mindset point of view as well because i'm you know i'm big into personal development and mindset 
So when you when I say that, it starts with you. Kind of, I wanted to ask you what it, what what you think when you hear that little sentence. I agree completely. Mm. Totally and utterly, everything starts with with personal responsibility. Mm. When I teach a workshop, it's one of the first. Um, you know, I'll explain to people about how the mind works, about what stress is, what resilience is, all of that. Mm. But then the very first thing I will do is talk to them about taking responsibility. Okay. We do sit and blame the boss and the government and our partners and our children mm. and our friend down the road and our mothers and everybody and anybody else. Uh, and sometimes we sit and blame ourselves. And as you say, isn't about blame at all because that's completely disempowering. Mm. Absolutely is about taking responsibility for yourself, your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own actions, your own behaviours. That is absolutely where every last thing starts. Yeah. It has to. Um, you know, like we talked about with me, with my daughter, you know, in that moment, it, it absolutely was my responsibility to do something about it. Nobody else could have done it for me. Yeah. You know, and again, I've had clients sit in my one-to-one -one chair for hypnotherapy with me who've been sent there by their mum or their partner mm. or their best friend. And they don't commit to the process because they didn't want to come. Yeah. Because it hasn't started with them. It started yeah. with someone else badgering them to do something about themselves. Yeah. So it has to start with you. That's the only way growth can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very well put. <laughs> I'm very conscious of time, and I feel like I could probably talk to you for about another two hours because I've got loads of things I want to ask you and I want to talk to you about. But we're kind of like sadly out of time. So I do have a couple of a few little cheeky questions at the end. But what I do want to just before we do that um, is just what's next for you what's next for the happiness club and moving forward how are you going to be helping people and working with people is it in a similar vein or obviously i know you want to do the the animation for the book but what's next for you and the happiness club uh so yeah it's kind of moving in the same direction as we are currently i mean mm. for me the the we started about six months ago moving the happiness club it's been an individual membership club up to now Right. Um, about six months ago, we started the process of moving it into the corporate world. Mm. So signing entire companies up, signing wow. their entire staff up. Because again, for me, and this is part of the reason why we do the schools program we do, when we, when we run a schools program, we work with the whole school. We don't just pick out kids that have the obvious difficulties. Yeah. Because there will always be children in that classroom that are struggling, that nobody knows anything about. Yeah. I was one of those kids. Yeah. so they're the most important people to me yeah totally my teachers wouldn't have had a clue of anything that was going on in my house um and they're the kids that i'm trying to reach when i go and run a, a schools program and similarly with the corporate program there will be people in that company and again i was this person who mm. are experiencing depression anxiety stress overwhelm whatever they're experiencing nobody knows yeah and they would not dream in a blue fit of reaching out for any help Mm. Um, so for me again when I'm working on a corporate level they're the people that I'm trying to reach yeah. those people that, that need help but would never ever ask for it yeah. and would never ever let on to anybody that they needed some help um, so we're moving into the corporate world now which is very exciting Yeah. and a couple of years ago I started training people up to become the Happiness Club trainers 
to deliver the corporate workshops and the schools programs so we have currently is that like a franchise thing or is that well, yeah sort of a franchise about 90 percent a franchise but some people um, do it for their own sort of business yeah so they're all self-employed so we, we uh, the, as it stands at the moment we're covered from edinburgh now actually down to exeter and mm. across to kenton there's some gaps in the country so you know if anyone fancies the coming happiness club trainer let me know but there's 20 of them out there at the moment so they they're sort of like franchisees and yeah so i work with them then to help them build their own business delivering mm. the school's program and the workshops and all mm. of that and obviously they promote the club itself the online club as well and they write they're part of the team i mentioned that write the content for the club with me and everything right. so it's a real again a collaboration i love yeah no that's the best way to work yeah yeah totally so um i don't believe in competition in the slides. Yeah. Co collaboration over competition i say definitely every time so that's that's the direction that the club is really moving in now is going in you know more trainers across the country uh and possibly the world i have a trainer in mexico do you? Yes, which is so global. I know we are global. Um, so, but I get in, I've had inquiries through from people in Canada and America. And Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Amazing, that would be don't forget about us. <laughs> <laughs> global. Yeah. Wow. So that, that's the direction we're moving in now, which is very exciting. No, it is very exciting. There'll be happiness clubs all over the world. I can see it coming. And why not? And why not? Thank you, Joe. It's been been really lovely talking to you. I do feel like I could talk to you for another hour or two, um, but sadly, uh, yeah, we can't. <laughs> I have another appointment at two o'clock. Um, but I do want to ask you. I always ask a few little cheeky questions at the end, yeah. just to round off in a nice way. If you're up for it, um, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're actually uh, not that bad. Um, what are, What are four things you can't live without? My husband, my eldest daughter, my youngest daughter, <laughs> and our cats. <laughs> Literally couldn't. Love it. Love it. I know you love your cat. <laughs> um, what, what's always been a mystery to you? What thing or what phenomenon? What's always been a mystery? Ah, oh, you're going to find out how strange I am now. Good. <laughs> Aliens. Aliens? Uh, obsessed with aliens since I was I 16. I would properly love for aliens to be real. <laughs> I used to have a boyfriend when I was six, no, about 18. We used to go on alien hunts and see if we could find UFOs. And stuff. <laughs> love, it. Love, it, love it. Never would have thought that about you. Yeah, that's proper geeky kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Four words that describe to describe yourself. Oh man, okay. Um, happy. Yes. Um, funny. I like to think I'm funny. You are. You're very amusing. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thoughtful. I am thoughtful. And I'm an introvert, which most people don't realise oh. I am. I am an introvert. That's how I is work. Because you feel awkward in social situations, or is that like. Yeah, oh God, small talk just isn't my style. I'll do it. Oh no, it's, uh, I cross roads to avoid having small talk with people. I just, just it's You're just, that person. I am that person. Oh, okay. um, I love being on stage, I love performing, and I yeah. love doing stuff like this. And yeah. I would have a deeper, meaningful conversation with someone I've just met. 
Mm. I can't do small talk for love nor money. Really? Just yeah. feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, final question, which is not really a cheeky question at all, but what is success and what motivates you to achieve it? Success for me is satisfaction. Mm. So the amount of satisfaction that I get from having done something whether I've achieved it or not to be honest because there's satisfaction in the lessons that not achieving what you wanted to achieve <laughs> <laughs> so, so satisfaction for me is a sign of success the amount I get from something um I've forgotten the second part of the question um what motivates you to achieve it was the well the feeling of Mm. And I want the feeling of satisfaction. It's that combination of joy and um, that fulfilment. So that's motivation enough, really. Yeah, yeah, cool. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I really appreciate you coming today. Um, so if people want to get in touch with you or to find out how to connect with you, how do they go about that? So the best place is my website, thehappinessclub.co.uk. Feel free to email me, joe, at thehappinessclub.co.uk. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Joe Happiness Howarth on pretty much everything. <laughs> yep. Twitter, I'm Happiness Club Joe. Uh, yeah, feel free to connect with me on anything. Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. I really, really appreciate it. You've been listening to It Starts With You. My name is Sam Adams. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can visit my website, sam-adams.com, where you can find information about my coaching and my speaking. If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast and future guests, then please visit our Facebook page, It Starts With You, and also our Instagram page, It Starts With You Podcast. Thanks very much and have a great day.